uh, so here we are. Uh, today, we are talking about failing forward in Web3 and what that could look like. Now, initially, I'm sure this sounds or could sound like a negative topic, but, you know, I think people are going to be surprised. And um, I'm happy to say that uh, my good friend David uh, has just joined us as well. How are you doing, David? Hey, hello, hello. How's everybody's week going? Mm, pretty good, pretty good. Um, so yeah, well, David, thanks for coming on and, uh, talking about failing forward. And I loved when I saw this, uh, topic idea, uh, come up from our team here because, it, you know, at first glance, the way an I looks like an L, it looked like falling forward in web three, which I guess it could kind of be like that. But then I was like, wait, failing forward. And, oh man, it just totally captured my interest and i was like okay that sounds really cool like we totally have to take that topic on absolutely yeah i saw that too and i thought the same thing and i'm like oh that, that actually works even better <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely so um all right cool let's let's jump um let's jump right in um you know i in preparing for today's talk i was like wow there's like 100 different angles that we could come into this but the thing that really popped into my mind first off was, uh, and I've used some of these examples before, but all these examples of major technology shifts that, you know, some of us are super excited and eager to, you know, see come about because maybe they're topics that have come up in science fiction, like cell phones or being able to, you know, use our watch to, you know, talk to and send a message to, or, you know, to somebody. But then others of us, you know, I think these new technology movements come in and people are like, oh, gosh, I really hope this one doesn't catch on. Maybe if I just ignore it, it'll go away. And what that really comes down to is the adoption curve. Um, everyone fits on this adoption curve. If you can picture a standard bell curve moving from left to right, the people that are first to jump in and and, and just like, I don't even know what this is, but it's new and I'm going to check it out. We call those innovators. And then you get the early adopters. Those are going to be the first ones to, you know, make the purchase. And then it goes all the way through to early majority, late majority. And then at the very end of the curve, we have what we call laggards, which sounds like such a negative term. But you know what? I, I just I almost wish it was just more like the most conservative people, the people that are like, you know what? I, I this is really going to have to be proven out before I ever get involved. But when we think of that adoption curve, it really it, it, what what really strikes me about it is, is all these technology movements, they're really a matter of when, not if. There are few technological advances uh, that are big movements. I'm not talking just about a specific product or something that somebody's like, oh, hey, I came up with a better back scratcher. I'm not talking about something small like that, but I'm talking about when you have something like Web3 where you know, you're going to see headline after headline after headline, it's in the news those kinds of big technology movements, I just don't think they're, or at least the history tells us, they don't just go away. Uh, would you would you agree with that, David? I mean, in most cases, they, they don't. I mean, if something's got this kind of traction, this kind of, 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 of momentum and, and, and velocity, uh, ignoring it is just not going to do you any good. But if you don't have time, you know, then, then that's one thing, but at least mm -hmm. acknowledge that it's something that needs to be on your list because at some point it's going to impact you, either you personally or professionally. And it's just never a good thing to put off the inevitable. 
Yeah, I think, you know, what what you're talking about or what I heard you just say is that, like not everyone needs to be the innovator. Not everyone needs to be in on that early, you know, adopter or majority. And so it's not like a it's not that we're here to pressure people to, you know, get into something. But I would conjecture that, you know, most of the people that would be listening to us today are at least curious or, you know, have some interest or something in Web3. And and that's probably a sign that that maybe they're thinking about or want to move further in their journey with Web3. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I definitely can co-sign that, that, that outlook. Yeah. So, um, so moving forward here, or maybe I should say failing forward, um, <laughs> we'll just say with this, with, when you, oh, I know, right. I, I just, I'm like, totally like, it's Monday, <laughs> it's Monday but like, I, I, I almost want to trademark this phrase failing forward it's just gosh it's just, i just love it i don't know there's something about it let me see if the, if the, if the ens ETH is available here yeah you. yeah 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 you check on that and then hey now that you said that uh we'll we'll make that a a, a topic for um another show too um so but you know when we're talking about you know do i adopt something early do i adopt something later um i thought this would be really helpful just to quickly break down for people and that is that if you're going to come in earlier in the curve, so you're going to be kind of more, I'll say, on the pioneer side of that curve. Um, I just want to acknowledge having, because I tend to be on that side of the curve, and no matter what technology it is, it's okay. And I want people to know it's going to feel clunky. It's going to feel awkward. You, you might feel a little bit like a fish out of water. You might even be thinking okay, I don't know what I'm doing here. Maybe I shouldn't have gotten myself into this, but that's okay. I just want to acknowledge that because we all kind of feel that way when we're stepping in and, you know, poking around, um, you know, so that those feelings are, are normal. But the good news is when you come in earlier, um, I feel like it, it mistakes, any mistakes you make, they're much more forgiving because everyone's expectations are already lower because everyone else is just somewhat new or trying to figure it out or, you know, and, and there isn't maybe this well-established like, Hey, this is the culture. This is how you behave, you know, in this space, this is how you post, this is how you build things. And um, so it just feels like it's a lot more, you know, forgiving. I mean, that, that's been my experience. I mean, David, what's your experience like? You're, yeah, I, mean, you're that's kind of, I mean, that's generally a good rule of thumb for really anything. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. take advantage of the opportunity that everyone is at the same level that you are, as opposed to like going in in a situation where everyone's more seasoned, more experienced, and they're kind of all waiting to look at you to see what your first attempt is looking at, whether, again, you can use a professional or personal experience in life. I mean, you know, from dating back to the years of growing up in school, I mean, those kinds of situations and scenarios we've all experienced. So you would think we'd be programmed to take advantage and understand and identify a scenario where if everyone is at the same level, why not be the first one to fall flat on your face and have that under your belt? Yeah. You know, and and also it's generally, especially if there's any sort of um, like monetary investment involved, it's usually much cheaper to be very early on. Um, for instance, 
uh, in one of my businesses, we uh, really were able to grow our business using Google AdWords. And this was like, uh, like around 2010, uh, actually even earlier than that, like 2007, 2008. And when we got in, uh, we were paying like three to five cents per click. So for just somebody to click on the ad, we wow. were paying three to five cents. But now my ads, they cost me three to five dollars per click. I mean, that is like 100 times more expensive. And I'll tell you what we made. I mean, I made a ton of mistakes when I first got into it, but right. I can live with three to five cent mistakes. But when you have three to five dollar mistakes, they, that adds up really quick. So getting in early you, usually is a bit cheaper. Now, let's talk about the other side, though. If you come in a little bit later on that curve, well, yeah, mistakes might not be as forgiving, but now that there's people in the space, there's generally a lot of uh, resources. You know, people have done YouTube videos on, hey, this is how I did it, or this is how you should do it. There might be tutorials. You can look at other people's, uh, you know, whatever they're putting out there and and kind of emulate that and you just have examples to follow. So, so you do have a little bit more of a path. So there are kind of definitely some, some, some pros and cons there, but. Um, yeah. I, th I think the takeaway there is just, you know, fail early, fail often, you know, and, and, and go take advantage of that timeline, which, you know, if, if you allow me, I think I could pivot and build off yeah. of that sentiment and, and sort of say, Hey, you know what, when you have those losses, those perceived losses, under your belt, you're, you're able to sort of expand on those and double down and leverage them for things that wouldn't necessarily be available to others that are sort of refraining from, from diving in and, and just, you know, going at it. I mean, for example, you know, it's funny, yesterday I was, I was uh, talking to a YouTube creator, very big YouTube creators, uh, seven plus, you know, seven, seven figure plus uh, uh, following subscribers. And Right off the bat, he said, "Any anybody coming on and, and creating a YouTube, don't even think about being successful or, or monetizing until your hundredth and first video. Mm -hmm. Zero to one hundred, nobody's going to care about. Nobody's going to see. Go ahead and anticipate on having to repurpose and repackaging that content down the road because it's just yeah. you're putting in you're putting in the work. You're putting in." Um, you know, the brand positioning, you're working the algorithm, you're going to look back at your stuff a week later, a month later, three months later, six months later, and you're going to think it's trashed. And guess what? Other people may feel the same way, but that is the only way you're going to be able to get ahead. And to my point on being able to capitalize on the possibility of a larger opportunity from that is, guess what? Well, now you're closer to monetization. Now mm -hmm. you're closer to sponsorship. Now you're closer to actually perfecting and polishing your brand. And how that applies to say Web3 or, or blockchain tech, NFTs, is if you learn the tech, if you learn the process, if you learn the flow of things, whether you're a consumer or creator, whatever, whatever uh, entry point that you have, you're going to be that much more savvy on the other. So if you're a consumer, guess what? You're not going to fall for pitfalls that many people mm -hmm. fall for. Your money will be protected. Your identity will be protected. Uh, your investments will be protected. If you're a creator, well, now guess what? Now you now you know how to leverage the tech uh, for your art and for your creations better than anyone. You're going to be able to build your brand better in this in this community in this Web three world. You're going to be able to build it faster. And and if you're if you're a thought leader or if you're trying to 
be able to bridge the gap from those that don't understand the tech to those that do need to understand it and, and put it into everyday use. Well, now you're more of the authority in the space. And you're going to get exterior offers that are examples of just, hey, you know what, creators are, are looking to work with you on, on, a, on a client level or maybe on, even on a, on a corporate and uh, enterprise type level. People are going to seek out your outside consultation and say, hey, you know what, we need that kind of experience. You're six months ahead of us. We can leverage that and we'll compensate you for your time. Those kinds of advantages are there for anyone on any level, whatever plane that you're walking in on, uh, if you just dive in. Fail mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, you, when you're when you were talking about that, I had this image of like when you build a house, one of the first things that happens is you pour a foundation, and when that foundation is getting poured, nobody drives by and says, "Oh my gosh, look at that foundation! That house is going to be beautiful." No, I mean, like nobody's even looking, you know, until the house goes up, and then you're like, "Oh, there's this beautiful house." Well, that foundation is really important. And so when you were talking about uh, this YouTuber and talking about, you know, the first hundred videos, like that is your foundation right there, you know? So, so it, no, it's not going to be the flashy, sexy part that's going to earn you the money, but it is really, really important because you're building up that base, that following, you're working out your rhythm, you're learning your style, you're learning your flow. And, and, and that's all the necessary parts that are going to make whatever your future endeavor is successful. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. You nailed it. Yeah. And then, you know, just naturally, you've been using the word expert. And I was sitting here like, you know what? When we use the word expert, it almost, it almost implies like, oh, well, this is like, you know, we think like, uh, like Tiger Woods level talent, you know, like this is just somebody that like they can't fail. They're just perfect. They're flawless. But it's almost like we need to redefine expert to be, you know, like most experienced failure because that's how they became the expert is yeah, probably, you know, right. because if, 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 if you can't, I mean, maybe they've had some mentors along the way, but they wouldn't be the expert if they were always just reading from a book of somebody that's done it before. Uh, then, then they're just a really good student, you know, which is okay. There's nothing wrong with it. But if you want to be the expert, be the one that gets out there and breaks it, you know, and then says, hey, I've broken it. Now, therefore, I'm the one that knows how to fix it because I've done it exactly. before. Exactly. You know, get a little bit of dirt and mud on your hands. Exactly. Yep. You know? Yeah, or like like you say, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet, right? <laughs> you got to break a, a few eggs to make a omelet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Succession reference. <laughs> yep. But um, excellent, excellent. Well, you know, I, I just want to add other one other thing when we're talking about fail early and fail often, because really, I think that's if we had to have one overriding theme, that's probably a, a big one to the to this talk, and that is you know coming from the field of education. We, we we assign points to to you know we we grade papers and we grade tests and we do standardized tests and we try to rank intelligence and all that and it's it frankly in my opinion it doesn't really work uh, very well but so what we do inadvertently is we value like perfection and we say the closer you are to perfection the closer you are to success but you know what now that I'm more in the entrepreneurial world. I've learned it's almost the complete opposite. It's almost like, like the more eggs you've broken, the, the, the 
better omelet you're able to make. I mean, if I just go with that analogy and, and like that's who really end, end up being the really successful entrepreneurs are the ones that just just keep going. Just, you know, I mean, Thomas Edison to make the uh, light bulb. I can't even remember what it is, but there's some astronomical like, you know, 741 attempts to make a light bulb failed and it was the next one, you know, that worked. And I mean, I can't imagine our lives without light bulbs, you know, I mean, it's just, it's mind boggling. Yeah. That's a great point. Great reference. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Cool. So, well, hopefully uh, our guests today have walked away with this impression of don't be afraid to fail just get out there just try it um try to break it learn from it if, if you can just make it the next time you do something if you can just make it just a little bit better and then you compound that time and time again just like your example david of your of your youtube friend if you can improve just a little bit on each video then that's why he's talking about the 101st video because now that 101st video is probably should be theoretically a hundred times better than the first one. If you got a little bit better each time, you know, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So, um, well, I don't know, David, how are you doing? Do you have anything to add or. No, I, I, I think that was a direct shot at, at that. And, and I want to be able to make sure that when people take it in, they're able to just kind of process yep. it, you know, sort of direct. I think, I think that's a good, good spot to end it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, friends, uh, be sure to fail, fail early and fail often <laughs> and keep failing, keep failing forward in web three. Um, and don't use that phrase because we're going to trademark that. <laughs> Just kidding. But all right. Thanks guys. It's a pleasure. Uh, till next time. All right. Take care, bud. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.